0: Hello, hello. I hope you're having a great day. Thank you so much for being here. I'm excited about today's episode because I'm trying something new. I am going to be answering a handful of your questions. So, I've I receive questions quite frequently on Instagram and on Facebook as well, but I also have a VIP group, a private VIP group that is only for my Influence to Income Formula graduates, and as part of that group, I pop in twice a month, Um, well more than that, but twice a month I do two live hour-long Q&As, and I get some of the best questions from this group, but I've also noticed that they there's a little bit of an overlap of what I receive on Instagram as well. So I thought that I would round up a handful of the best questions that I've received lately that are also aligned with what I'm seeing and what I feel like would help my people who aren't in that group, of course, and you know my listeners on here. All right, so I've rounded up a handful of really good questions. We're gonna talk about things like bots and before and afters, and people that seem like they're being inconsiderate in sending you random questions all the time. We'll talk about hashtags, lives versus stories, and um, let's see, what else? A few other things. So buckle up, this is gonna be really good all right so let's just go ahead and dive in the first question that we're gonna get into is what is the best way to know when people are actually people or if they are bots answering your polls most seem like normal people but I don't want to waste my time reaching out if they're not legit so this is a great question because I've definitely noticed an influx of some bot activity as of lately, and this is something that I've heard from a lot of you as well coming to me and being like, why are all these weird people answering my question stickers and polls when they're not even following me? So I think the first thing that we need to kind of distinguish is there's a difference between a bot and a person. Who has simply hired a growth service to do this kind of engagement for them. So a bot, honestly, I don't even really know what a bot is. It's it's a fake account for sure, but I don't even know really what the purpose is because let's be honest, like they stand out like a sore thumb. I don't know why they're a thing or why whoever is behind them thinks it's going to work. I don't know. Maybe it does work for certain people, but A bot to me is a fake account and it's very obvious and I actually just posted a screenshot of a perfect example of a bot um, yesterday, I'm recording this on a Friday, it was um, Thursday, so if you're listening to this, anyway, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I posted a picture and. What it was is I got this DM from this woman and she said, Hey, do you want to grow your account of over 50,000 people at, you know, using real tactics, X, Y, Z. And I looked at her page and her in her bio, it says social media expert and all of these high accolade type things and she had like four pictures on there and they all were these graphics with like grow one million followers and for five dollars get xyz and then she had like 40 something followers and she was following 800 something so to me this is this is very clearly a bot all right they stand out now on the other end There are real people, real businesses, who hire either a person or a growth service to do types of engagement on their behalf in the hopes to grow their accounts. And I know this because a growth service that I used to work with last year, this is something that they were rolling out right before i stopped working with them and it was like this extra engagement where you viewed other people's stories like on your behalf they would take your account and go and view other people's stories and you could even engage on other people's stories i wouldn't be doing it but if i was still working with this growth service they would be doing it for me if i wanted them to do it does that make sense so I don't even know why this is a thing either because I don't for the life of me understand how this would actually work because anybody with half a brain cell would see, like even if they did see that I was viewing their story and they were like, who is that? And then clicked on my account, I wouldn't be following them. So I don't know, it's just this weird thing. So that's the first thing you need to understand. There are bots and then there are real people who have hired a VA or a growth service to do this extra engagement on their behalf. All right. And it's not like a malicious thing. They're just testing things out. Okay. Now let's say you do a poll are asking people, Hey, I, I'm giving out samples this week. Say yes. Or, you know, tap yes. If you want me to send you a sample and you get all of these responses And you know that some of those responses aren't actually people that are following you. What I would do is, I mean, obviously you're going to reach out to them anyway. Right? So I would very quickly go through those accounts and make sure those people are following you. If one of those people that answers your poll or your question sticker doesn't follow you, then it's either a bot or it's one of these weird engagement things. So I would just leave it alone. Some people ask, should I block them? Should I report them? You can, if you want to, my thing is like, why waste your time? Like all of that takes time. There's no reason to get mad about it. Um, I would just keep it moving. Now, anybody else who's actually following you, but maybe you don't know them, like you never know. So go ahead and reach out to them. If you're not sure and just follow up and their response or lack of response will tell you a lot at that point. So I know that's kind of a long answer there. And I know that that it might be a little confusing, but it's just kind of the nature of social media at this point, it's going to happen. Okay. Question number two, what are your thoughts on before and afters on Facebook and Instagram grids as the first pick. So she's asking like putting a before and after actually on your feed versus as like a carousel where somebody could swipe and see the before and after. And then she's asking, is this good advertising? Is it tacky? Should it be branded, Etc. I have mixed feelings when it comes to before and afters personally, as a rule of thumb, I feel like if you are going to post a before and after, to me, I would want to know the person I would want to, I would either want it to be of myself or one of my customers, or maybe somebody close to me that I actually know, right? That's when I would use a before and after. If it's not somebody I know, but it demonstrates really well the power of a product, I would consider using it, but I certainly wouldn't use it as like the first picture of my grid. And even if I did know the person in the before and after, or even if it was myself, I would be careful about using it in my grid as well, because sometimes they can stand out like a sore thumb. So you know, this is where I love the carousel for things like this, where you can add a a picture that actually goes with your feed and then just say, Hey, if you want to see my results, swipe to the right or whatever. I think that that works really well. Headline here is just use them sparingly. I think that's the best rule of thumb. Use them sparingly. Now, I need to say something, and I say this with love and just being fully honest because I think that you guys deserve honesty about this. (sighs) There are some before and afters that could be considered gross, (laughs) okay? And you probably know what I'm talking about. For instance, before and afters of blackheads or zits or like, okay, and, and I'm not talking about like a picture of somebody with acne and then a picture without acne. That's a great before and after. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a specific business that came out with this amazing tool that sucks the gunk out of your face. When this first came out, I was so tired of getting on Instagram. (laughs) I was so scared to get on Instagram because I feel like every time I would like be scrolling in stories or just through my feed, all of a sudden I would be like attacked or felt like I was being attacked with these disgusting (laughs) graphic pictures of crap. Um, and you know, hopefully you know what I'm talking about, but like, you know, like what is it? Puss. It was disgusting. Okay. And I get it. Like, I know the intent behind it was good. And I know that there are a lot of people out there that don't get grossed out by that kind of stuff, but there's also a large percentage of the population who doesn't want to see that. And I just think that we all could be mindful of the other half of the population and just keep that in mind because me like I I was like on the verge of muting or like unfollowing some people because I couldn't handle it anymore it was I I just didn't like it and I know that I'm not alone here so just take that into consideration or at the very least because I get it like it demonstrates very well how awesome this tool is I get that But at the very least, like post a disclaimer. Say, hey, I'm about to show a before and after of the crap that just came out of my face. So if you don't wanna see it, don't scroll. That, I just, I would have appreciated that. So anyway, just thought I would throw that out there. Be mindful of your consumer. Moving on. Next question. I am a full-time veterinarian And I stopped using that aspect of myself as part of my brand because I already get flooded in my inbox with questions. And usually these questions come in during non-considerate hours and people have gotten to the point where they don't even start with something like, Hey, how are you? They just dive straight into the question. I want to start incorporating more of that side of myself back into my content because I'm passionate about it, but I'm not sure how to manage all of the questions. What advice would you give? This is a really good question. So first of all, if you do feel called to start talking about that side of yourself that you know, your full-time job or that part of your career. I say go for it, I think it's a great idea, even if you do sell something else. So I think this person specifically, I think she sells skincare. So she's a veterinarian and she sells skincare. And I think it's a great idea that if she wants to start talking about her full-time job as a veterinarian, I think it's smart because a lot of people have pets. I think it could be interesting just to share little bits and pieces of what she sees each day or give some tips about I don't know, maybe like allergy seasons with pets, or if there's like a food recall or things like this, that she would know. I think that that is a great way for her to stand out and provide value. That's not necessarily something that she's trying to sell like her skincare. Right. So I say, go for it now. For the influx of questions, which I could totally see how this would happen where people know that she's a vet and they have an animal and maybe they want to go to her instead and ask a quick question versus calling their own vet or possibly having to go in and spend money or something. So totally see how that could happen. So the first thing that I want to point out is... When people send questions at odd hours or when people come to you and they, it almost seems like they're being rude because maybe you've never talked to them before. And instead of being like, Hey, how are you? They just like dive into your DMS with a question. That's it. I know that that can feel like it's rude or like they're taking advantage, but I can guarantee you that that is not the case they're probably not thinking about it that way and this is actually a good thing right like we can look at everything in a positive light or a negative light I want you to reframe this as a positive because they clearly are thinking of you as an expert and they're thinking to come to you first so this is this is a good thing at the end of the day now As far as like the inconsiderate hours and things like that and how to manage it, like if you were to go back to talking about that, how to manage those questions, that's up to you. As business owners, we are all responsible for setting our own boundaries and teaching people how to treat us, right? So just because you get a question at two o'clock in the morning doesn't mean that you have to answer it as soon as you wake up or, you know, at any time, because obviously this person has a full-time job and she has a family, she has plenty going on. So in that case, maybe you have a specific time frame that you, that you only use to pop in and answer questions. So I realize knowing that they're there, there can be a little bit of pressure and a little bit of urgency to feel like you need to get back to people. But at the end of the day, like, You're not their vet. They're just asking you a question. You are in charge of when you get back to people, and this goes for all of us. I remember one time. This it was a while ago, but I I don't know what was going on. I was promoting something. I was talking a lot about some something in my business, and I started getting all of these questions from all these people, and I I too felt a similar way like wow i've never talked to these people and they're not even like saying hi they're just expecting me to answer all these questions and i think the part that kind of got under my skin at the time was these questions were things like hey will you look at my profile and tell me what i'm doing wrong or hey take a look at this hashtag list and tell me what you would change and my thing was do you realize how long that would take? Like, do you really think that I can do (laughs) like I have the bandwidth to do that? And I was taking it personally and I was kind of venting to Chris about it. And he was the one, my sweet, rational husband. He was like, babe, it's not a bad thing. They probably don't think of it that way. They probably don't realize what's required on your end to answer their question thoroughly, but they're coming to you because they look at you as the expert. This is a good thing. And I felt like a brat. I was like, oh, (laughs) you're right. And from here on out, it's totally reframed that. So anyway, you're in charge of setting your boundaries, have a set time to answer your questions. And I love the idea of talking about something else other than what you actually saw on social media, because again, it's a way to entertain, stand out and provide additional value to your people. All right, next question. Should we update hashtags periodically or just keep using the same ones if they're working? So I love this because one of my most popular workshops is the hashtag like a boss workshop and I'm actually updating it in March. So it will either be available in March or latest in April. I'm going to update it for 2020. So be on the lookout for that. But to answer this specific question, yes, you do want to update your, hash, update your hashtags periodically, even if your current set is working for a few different reasons, mainly because your brand evolves over time. So to keep your hashtags relevant, you want to update those lists to evolve with your brand, right? Like, maybe whenever you made those hashtags, you didn't have a kid, and then a few months later you had a kid, so now it's probably good to update and have a few mom hashtags in there if you're going to post content about your child. Just to give an example here. And another reason is sometimes hashtags can get banned or just overpopulated. Things like that. So a good rule of thumb, like if you were to take my hashtag like a boss or if you know what you're doing with hashtags, then I assume that you have multiple categories of hashtags that you are shuffling each time you post and you're making sure that they're all relevant to what you're posting. So if you have that and each of these categories have at least 10 hashtags in each, That will last you quite some time. You could probably be okay with updating your lists maybe like twice a year or three times a year max. You would be good. If you have less than that, if you only have like a handful of categories, meaning like three or four categories, and they don't have 10 hashtags in each, then you probably just want to add more in there anyway so they don't get stale but I don't want to overcomplicate complicate this. Um, so yeah, and how you would go about updating those, I don't mean that you have to recreate every single list from scratch every few months. I just mean go through, do some more hashtag research in, in the categories that make sense for your business and brand, and just find some fresh ones. Incorporate some new, fresh hashtags into your current lists. That way, whenever you do, shuffle up a new list for a new post, They're different, right? Because if you use the same lists often, that could look like spammy behavior to Instagram. So yes, you do want to update them periodically, but it shouldn't take you that long. Next question. How do you determine whether to do an Instagram live or just to do stories? I would do an Instagram live or a Facebook live if I want Or need interaction from my audience. So, for example, whenever I do live Q and A's, obviously I need to go live so I can interact and people can kind of like keep asking questions, give feedback on my responses, right? I would go live for that. Um, Let's say I wanted to, maybe I was sharing about a program, or or to put myself in your shoes, let's say there's a new product launch and you are wanting to demonstrate it and kind of give some details about this new product. I think it would be really cool to do a live, demonstrate it, and then invite your followers to come ask you some questions. So as you're using it or applying it or whatever you're doing, people can be like, oh, why are you doing it that way? Or, oh, that's really cool. Should I use that instead of what I'm currently using? If you desire interaction with your audience, then go with a live. If you don't, then a story would be just fine. All right, now let's say you were doing a live demonstrating a product and you wanted to answer some of those questions. I would keep that as a story as well. You know, whenever you go live, you can um, let it live in your stories. I would do that and I would even repurpose that as an IGTV like if you got good questions, um, and that way you don't have to keep demonstrating the same thing and explaining the same thing. You want that to that kind of information to live on past 24 hours. So I would definitely repurpose that in some way, like in a story, in a highlight, or as an IGTV, which I talked about how to do that in last week's episode or two episodes before this one. Um, next question. What are your thoughts on sharing new customers who join your team, as in including it in your stories on Instagram? Is it tacky or should you do it to show your success tastefully? Such a good question. Personally, I do not think this is tacky at all. I think if somebody is investing in themselves to join your team and start their own business, that is worthy of celebration. And I think that it's cool to celebrate them and also give them a little pep in their step, you know, like shout them out to your people. Maybe they'll get a few new followers because of it. You know, I think there's a way to do it in like a celebratory manner or boastful, um, right? So like you could celebrate them or you could show up and be like, oh, another girl wants to be on my team, (laughs) you know, so I would definitely go the celebratory route personally, but I think it's a fine idea. Go for it. And it shows too, like maybe for somebody who's in your audience, who's on the fence, they see somebody else taking the leap and they see somebody else choosing you as their leader and that might encourage the person on the fence to also take a leap. So I think it's a great idea. Next question any tips you have on how to be consistently present on social media when working full-time during the day? And she's asking for like time management tips, um, a suggested schedule, etc. Yes, absolutely. So this is super common with a lot of the women that I work with. Oftentimes they do have either another part-time or a full-time job or you know maybe they're just they've got their hands full with multiple kids or whatever. And they see the value in their social media and they want to be more present, but time really is an issue. Like some people use that as an excuse, but some people really it is actually a real thing that they're having to deal with. So, my tip here is to show up in those pockets of time whenever you can. I think there's so much freedom you will find in planning out your content ahead of time. So that's my first tip for you. If you do not know of a good content strategy yet, find one, come to me and get one. Um, There are lots of content strategies out there that you can find find a content strategy that is aligned to you and stick with it and actually plan out your content. The last thing you want to do is be at work and then have 10 minutes during your lunch break and be overwhelmed because you haven't posted in a few days and you haven't shown up in stories and all of a sudden you feel the pressure to have to do both and respond to messages and whatever else you have to do for your business. So at the very least, you can plan ahead have some content scheduled out ready to go so you don't have to worry about that on the fly and then once you have that done in those pockets during the day you're free to foster relationships and DMS of people who are asking you questions or take care of your customers and show up in your stories I had a client who I've talked about this before, but she was very busy. She didn't have a lot of time, but she knew that she needed to be showing up in stories. So she made a deal with herself that no matter what, without fail, she would show up in her stories at least two minutes a day. All right. Like somewhere around there, she would pop on, share a piece of value, give an update on her day. And sometimes that was it. Sometimes she would do more, but at the very least, two minutes a day, every day without fail. And I have a screenshot. I'll have to post this. I'll probably post this um, screenshot whenever promoting this episode. So if you follow me on Instagram, be on the lookout for this. But she sent me a message and she was like, I'm blown away because just doing that one thing for my business is propelled me so much. I've built so many relationships, in my business, I think she used the term exploded. So it's possible, right? Like we could all find two minutes in our day, but she was also really good at scheduling out her content in advance. So I think doing those two things would help massively to help you manage your time and being more wise with your time last question and you guys have to let me know if you like these if so i will do them i'll work them in more often so please any feedback i would love it but the last question we're going to talk about today is this i'm talking to a couple of photographers about doing a branding photo shoot or a branded photo shoot but i'm not sure what kinds of photos poses settings to request right? So she's going to do like a mix of lifestyle and then some business photos as well with some products. And she is looking for advice on how to design this shoot. My advice, first of all, is definitely do a few different outfit changes. First, you get more bang for your buck that way, but also using the same outfit in multiple photos I feel like gets stale not only for yourself but for your audience as well so you'll be glad to do if you had more than one outfit combo um ideally like maybe three or four i know this girl who came to me and because i had talked about how i advised all of you to do a photo shoot because it just helps to have plenty of pictures and in, in your photo bank for your content and she booked a shoot and i want to say they worked for about half a day together maybe around six hours and she did upwards of i think eight to ten outfit changes over the span of this day and she walked away with just about a year's worth of photos How awesome is that? I mean, wouldn't that be nice to have all of your photos done and then you can mix in like some other things in between, but for the most part, you had all of your photos done for months. So you don't have to go that crazy, um, but multiple outfit changes would be helpful. Another tip, I personally would do more lifestyle type photos than specifically business. So obviously you're gonna wanna use different poses and props like a phone and a computer, um, maybe some products. And I think that it is smart to plan ahead if you know that you wanna use specific, or you're gonna be talking and promoting about specific products and if you have them on hand, sure take some photos with them but I would do more lifestyle type photos like without the business props because I feel like you can get more use out of those than you can with the prop ones if that makes sense like any cute photo of you laughing or smiling or holding your kid or I don't know doing something cool without like a a very specific prop You can add pretty much any caption to that, so I just think you could get more use out of those photos than going too heavy with business specific props. Last tip here would be to shoot mostly vertical format versus horizontal. Because of Instagram, right? Like the photos that you're going to use on social media nowadays, especially in your stories and on Instagram, you're going to want that vertical format versus horizontal because the horizontal, whenever you post those in your feed, they tend to get less engagement because that format takes up less space on people's phone screens. And even that small detail just doesn't get as much engagement, which is a fun fact for you. So I would request more vertical than horizontal, unless you're taking photos for maybe like a Facebook cover photo or a website. And in that case, I would go ahead and know what you need up front and be ready to request those. I mean, I think having a general list of what you need from this shoot in terms of if you do need something for a website, if you do need something for a cover photo, or if you just need something for Instagram, I think going into it that prepared is really smart. And if you need ideas for poses and props and different ways to style these shoots, what I do is I just do some scrolling. I go to some accounts that I personally love their photos and I'll screenshot or save photos that I would like to replicate. And then I'll show that to a photographer and you know we get on the same page and shoot accordingly okay so anyway that's a wrap for today i hope you enjoyed this next time i do this i will be sure to poll my audience ahead of time i want to be better about that and getting um i'll do that to get some fresh questions but yeah let me know what you think and i hope you have a wonderful day bye hey friend thank you so much for listening